Welcome to Key 3 Educators, helping you excel as a Christian school leader, educator, or homeschooler as you outfit students to learn themselves, love God, and live connected. Here's your host, Stephanie Smith. Welcome back to Key 3 Educators. Didn't Andrew Pudewalt have some fascinating and powerful information to share with us over the last couple of episodes? If you haven't listened to those yet, you've got to make time for those in your schedule. Today, we're going to start a series on how you can keep or build your school to be a school of vibrancy. And I use the word vibrancy intentionally instead of vision because vision is a thing. It's a noun. And having vision is incredibly important. But if we're honest, vision can become the nice-looking plaque on the wall that doesn't seem to have much application to the nitty-gritty of everyday life. Vibrancy, however, is more of a description. You don't have a vibrant or a vibrancy that you can craft into a single statement and put it on a plaque and hang it on the wall Vibrancy is something that is more of a description of the environment, the outlook, the perspective, the attitude that you want to have present in your school. Over the last couple of years, the number of private Christian schools has multiplied in the U.S., as well as the number of home educators. And out of this, There are coming all kinds of innovative models and structures and approaches to education, which I am thrilled about. There's also a danger, however. How an organization begins will set the tone for how it continues for a long time to come. And it's important to have an understanding of some things in place at the beginning so that you set your organization up for the best possible outcomes. Now, maybe you're listening to this and you're not a new school. You're very established. You've been around a long time. Maybe your problem is you are turning students away at the door and you are weighing, do we expand? Do we we stay with the numbers that we have? Your issues don't center around beginning a school. And you may not even be interested in or capable of growth, even if there is a demand for what you are supplying in your area. But vibrancy is not something that just gets infused into your school at the beginning, and then it just continues to exist on its own. It is something that has to continue to be nurtured and cultivated and new seeds planted and and then a harvested and the new seeds planted and the soil worked and all of that type of process, just like we have in growing our food. No one sets about starting a school or homeschooling or stepping into an existing school because they're like, you know, this is our goal. Mediocrity. Nobody does that. It's way too much work to have that be the aim. It's excellence. We want students who are excited and passionate and enthusiastic and engaged. But like most things in life, we can have our aim and our vision and our why, and then it's like the how. And how people handle the how makes all the difference in the end result. I'm going to introduce you to a phenomenal resource today, I highly recommend for every school board, administrator, and I even recommend it to your staff because at the end of the day, 
It is the people who are the boots on the ground, the teachers in the classroom, the administrator there in the building, who either implement policy and create vibrancy, or they don't. So what's this book? Here we go. It's Predictable Success. The subtitle is Getting Your Organization on the Growth Track and Keeping It There by Les McEwen. If you're not interested in growing your school, or maybe that's of interest for down the road, don't let the subtitle think, oh, this isn't going to apply to us. I'm going to replace that for our purposes with the word vibrancy. Getting your organization, getting your school on the vibrancy track and keeping it there. So how does this book, Predictable Success, apply to your school? The author, Les McEwen, has phenomenal international experience building organizations and businesses. This book doesn't come out of some theoretical experiments. It comes out of real-life experience. And what he details in the book are the seven phases that most organizations will go through. And schools as organizations will go through these very same phases, although they have a built-in disadvantage because of the conveyor track system of education. And if you're wondering, what is that? Go back and listen to the two-part series on chocolate education and I Love Lucy. So what are these seven phases that most organizations will go through? Early struggle, followed by fun, followed by whitewater, followed by predictable success, then treadmill, then the big rut, then death rattle. If you've been around for a while, you likely have borne witness to establishments that have been around for over a hundred years that seemed invincible that now are either no longer in existence or they are such a scaled down version of themselves, they are nothing like what they once were. They didn't adjust and adapt and change. They relied on their history to carry them into the future. And this is where schools have a disadvantage because there's always more kids being born and there's typically always more people who want to put their kids in a quality Christian education environment. So out of these stages, early struggle, fun, whitewater, predictable success, treadmill, the big rut, and death rattle, Schools aren't particularly prone to experiencing death rattle, although that can absolutely occur. And they may even avoid going into the big rut. Schools are more likely to end up on the treadmill phase, which is not where you want to be. You want to make it to predictable success, and then you want to stay there. Let's talk about early struggle. And again, maybe your school is no longer in this phase, but be aware there are hundreds of schools right now in the United States, perhaps even thousands, who have just started or are in the phase of starting up in the last couple of years, and they are in this early struggle phase. And this is a great way to share your expertise and to help these other schools get off to a great start and to thrive. 
in a business setting, early struggle is, okay, how am I going to find the cash? How do I find a market? I've got to get enough boost to make it out of the gravitational pull of failure and to launch into orbit. So for a school, it's, okay, I've got, we've got to have cash. We've, we've got to have enough income. And yet our income when it's coming primarily from tuition, can't be so high that it drives away our market. We have to have a building or a location. We have to have staff. And on top of those very tangible components, we have to decide all of these intangibles. What is our vision? What is our mission? What are our priorities going to be? Make no mistake, early struggle is called struggle for a reason. Some people are able to start and they've got a great amount of cash and they've got a building access. Others may start with a whole line of students, but very little money or a shortage of physical space. So how does a group of people or an individual who wants to go on this endeavor make it out of early struggle? Number one, you need a vision that is propelling you towards something not just away from something. There's no question that many people left public education as a result of the COVID pandemic, either because of vaccine mandates or because they awoke to concerns with content or just realizing that, hey, there are other opportunities out there. There are other ways that we can educate our children that work better for us as a family. We actually like being together. And whatever an individual or a group's reason to begin something, even if they start by saying, I don't like this over here, that can be a powerful and sufficient reason to move you towards a different direction, but it will never sustain you for the long haul. You have to have a place defined that you want to get to, that you're going towards, Because if you remain an individual or an institution who's only pointing backwards to say, I just don't want to go there, you will wind up, and more importantly, your students will wind up at the destination of mediocrity. Now, not every last one, because there are other factors that influence a child's education, but overall, that's where you'll end up. Define who you are by where you're going not by where you're coming from and you're trying to get away from. The second thing you're going to need to define an early struggle is who's our market? And you can't just answer this by saying, well, students who want to come to our school. It needs to be more clear than that. Do you want students who you are going to disciple, students who come from families that are Christian, and then how are you going to define that? How do you measure that? What expectations will you have of those families? Will you have those expectations for the student? Do students need to sign a statement of faith? What if they have questions about the faith? Are you going to be an evangelistic school who reaches out to students and families don't consider themselves to be Christians, and you're going to use your organization as a way to bring students and families to the knowledge of Christ in the hopes that they will then choose to come to salvation in Christ. And that is an incredibly important decision to make and to communicate. Because if you have a group of parents over here 
who think that simply by sending their students to your school, that all of the other families and students all are like-minded in their Christian beliefs and what that means in terms of lifestyle and core values. And then you've got another group of parents over here who think, hey, I just think it's awesome that my kid's going to be able to be in this safe, wholesome environment, and they're going to get a great education, but we're not really into that whole faith thing. You will absolutely run into conflicts. It's not a matter that one's right and one's wrong. It's a matter that you have to be clear about who you're serving, and you have to absolutely communicate that, not just assume that staff and parents and even students will understand that. You have to speak to that directly and clearly, and not just once when you're launching. That's a conversation that has to continue as long as your organization, your school, is in existence. The third item you need to define an early struggle is how are key decisions going to be made? Are you going to require 100% agreement amongst your board members or your key stakeholders? Or are you going to do by majority vote? You want to think in terms of if you're building a house, what are the components as you build a house that are easy to change? And what are the ones that once they're there, they will be very expensive to change at a later date? Yeah, it's possible to pick a house up and to totally place it on a different foundation. But boy, is it going to be costly. So you want to get a house foundation correct. It's possible to change roof lines. But again, it's going to cost you a lot of cash to get that done. But changing out light fixtures, floor covering, paint colors, even countertops, that'll cost you a little bit of cash. But especially if you're a do-it-yourselfer, it's something that can be done without creating a lot of disruption. You don't have to find an expert to change out a light fixture. So think of your school in the same way. Once you establish, for example, an attendance policy, graduation requirements, dress code, parameters for student conduct, conditions for hiring and firing staff, your scope and sequence of curriculum, not the curriculum itself, but the scope and sequence of curriculum, how many classes you're going to have in a particular day, how many days are you going to meet. These are all the equivalent of putting in your insulation and your foundation and your roof trusses. Yeah, they can be changed, but they're going to be costly and time-consuming, and you might have to bring in some experts to make that happen. But changing a policy on tardies or changing curriculum, unless it's a total overhaul of an entire subject area is more along the lines of changing out light fixtures and countertops. You don't want to spend so much time debating, do we choose science curriculum A or science curriculum B, when you've never really defined why you're teaching science to begin with. What are you wanting kids to experience? What courses are they going to be required to take? And then what additional courses will be optional? So an early struggle, it's critical that you accomplish these three things. Number one, you are crystal clear about your vision. Remember, it's not enough to just say, we don't want to go back there. You've got to say, where are we going? What are we moving towards? Not just what are we trying to run away from? 
Secondly, define your market. Who are you going to serve? Not just how many students do you want to have and not just what grades and any other demographics, but what's the mindset? What's the worldview? What's the approach? And this you can only decide after you've really defined your vision. The third objective in early struggle is to build a sound structure. This isn't where you're going to fine tune everything. This is where you're going to get the foundation and the exterior walls built and insulated. All of those things that once they're in place, you want to have remain in place to provide your organization with a structure that's built to last. And it doesn't require you to come in five or 10 or 15 years later and have to rebuild it all over again. That's phase one. Now, certainly there are things like cash. That's pretty important. How are we going to actually pay for this thing? And location and hiring practices for staff and structuring the arrangement between a board and administration and staff and all of those things. That's all part of this structure. Again, the resource that we are talking from is predictable success, getting your organization on the growth track and keeping it there. And I'm modifying that for our purposes to say getting your school on the vibrancy track and keeping it there. It's a phenomenal book. I highly recommend it by Les McEwen. We're going to wrap up here and we're going to pick up next time with fun and then whitewater. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe. Share this with a colleague or someone that you know in Christian education. And remember this because it's absolutely true. On those days you feel like it, and on all those days you don't, you, my friend, have an impact that is immeasurable, eternal, and irreplaceable. Thank you for being with us today. For information on speaking engagements and resources for your school or family, visit the website key3educators.com. Remember, learn yourself, love God, and live connected.